Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Outdoor Mentor Podcast, Episode 5. Today, we're going to be talking about the coveted 1031 Exchange with Paul, Mr. Paul Holloway of First American Exchange Company. Um, this is something that I believe everybody is going to need a little bit of knowledge about if you own real estate or have investment properties. Um, looking forward to this one with Mr. Paul Holloway. Good morning, Paul, and welcome. So, first Good of morning, all, JC. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got me. Well, so first of all, let's. Uh, can you tell us what a 1031 exchange is and why we need to know about it? Well, thanks, JC. It's great to be here. Uh, well, a 1031 exchange refers to a section in the tax code that allows real estate investors to defer capital gains tax when they sell their appreciated real estate. This applies to investment real estate only, not your principal residence. A principal residence is a different section of the tax code. And as most people realize, when you sell property, you can have capital gain. That gain is taxed unless you use some method of deferral. The IRS code section 1031 allows to defer the gain if you follow the guidelines set forth in that code section. Right on. And can you tell us what those those rules are? You're going to tell us that, right? It, it, exactly. And uh, first of all, in order to use a 1031 exchange, you need a company like my employer, First American Exchange Company, to facilitate it for you. First American Exchange Company is what is called a Qualified Intermediary, or QI for short, a qualified intermediary helps you from start to finish with the proper paperwork and handling of the funds, which is necessary to declare it on your tax returns as a 1031 exchange. But before I go over some general guidelines, you should also always discuss the specifics of a 1031 exchange with a CPA or tax advisor. An exchange has at least two parts. The selling of the property, which we call the relinquished property, and the property that you are purchasing, which we call the replacement property. You can have multiple relinquished or multiple replacement, but for our purposes today, we'll stick with the simple concept of one sale and one purchase. Your qualified intermediary must be in place prior to the sale of your relinquished property and through the completion of the purchase of your replacement property. Basically, except in very limited circumstances involving the swap of properties, if your transaction does not have a qualified intermediary, you can't call it a 1031 exchange on your tax return. So after you have your qualified intermediary in place, you need to follow some guidelines. The main guidelines are monetary, timing, and like kind. The first thing that we're going to go over monetary guidelines, in essence, if you want to replace what you have relinquished, if you want to defer all of your capital gain, you should purchase a property that is equal or greater in value and use all of your cash proceeds from your relinquished property 
towards your purchase of the replacement property. So let me give you an example. Perfect. Let's say you sell a piece of property for a million dollars and you pay off a mortgage for 550000 and have 400000 in cash net proceeds left over. Then you should buy something for at least a million dollars using all of the 400000 cash that we are holding for you as qualified intermediary and take out a mortgage for the difference or infuse additional cash out of your pocket for the difference. So that would be equal or greater in value and using all of your cash, which would be totally tax deferred. Interesting. Yeah. So what happens if you buy something lower for your replacement property? Can you still call that a 1031 or what happens there? That's a great question, JC. If your goal is to defer all capital gains, then you want to follow what I just said. But equal or buying equal and greater and using all your cash proceeds. But sometimes people want to go lower in value. Like if you get a really good deal on the purchase of a replacement property uh, and you want to buy it for lower value, uh, you can do that, but generally you would pay tax on the difference between those two prices. So if you sold for a million and bought for 800000 for example, you would pay tax on the 200000 difference. Uh, just be careful not to buy too far down in value so that the 1031 does not benefit you at all. Now, when it comes to running the numbers, we always recommend the client have their tax advisor or CPA give them estimates on what the taxes would be so they can make informed decisions. But generally speaking, just know that uh, it is an option. Awesome. Awesome. Well, what's the deal with the timing? I think I heard there was changes or an extension or something. The timing in a 1031 is really important. If you don't do the timing correctly, your whole transaction can fall apart and then you pay taxes. The correct order of the 1031 is that the relinquished property closes first and that starts your clock. From the close of the sale, you have 45 days to identify replacement property and a total of 180 days to acquire any or all of the identified properties. Most people use what is called the three property rule, which states that you can identify up to three pieces of property that you would like to buy. It must be in writing and be identified before midnight of the 45th day. Whatever property on your identified list that you end up buying must be purchased within the 180-day timeline. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, 45 days is not much time. I know that can be tough, absolutely. Uh, what matters are the closing dates, not the contract dates. So what some people do to give themselves more flexibility is locate the replacement property and get it under contract 
before they even allow their relinquished property to close escrow. Theoretically, you could close your sale on Monday and your purchase on Wednesday and be done with the whole exchange in less than a week, not even using the full 45-day identification period. Any replacement property closed within the first 45 days of your exchange is automatically deemed to have been identified. At the very least, the client should be looking for a replacement property before their time clock even starts, giving them a better chance of success. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And and what about extensions? Like if my client needs more time to ID or close, will the, will the IRS give extensions beyond the typical 45 and 180-day deadlines? Unfortunately, no. If day 45 or 180 falls on a weekend or holiday, the IRS will not extend to the next business day. There have been some unique circumstances when we have a disaster, like a wildfire or a hurricane, where the IRS will issue an extension on the 45 and 180 day deadline. In those situations, a specific number of days, typically 120, will be added to the individual's original date and they will go from there. Uh, it is always best to keep your advisor in the loop regarding these disaster extensions and have them determine if they apply or not. Yeah. Well, you are, you are the best in the business at this. So what kind, of, uh, what kind of properties can you buy with a 1031? Is that what you mean by like kind? Well, like-kind is an easy one to discuss. Uh, the like-kind requirement is fairly broad for real property exchanges. For example, an office building can be exchanged for vacant land. An apartment building can be exchanged for a single-family rental home. Or a duplex can be exchanged for a retail strip center. Basically, any real property held for investment qualifies as like kind. The other great thing is that you can exchange anywhere within the United States. Yeah, that is good. Well, and so what about farm and ranch properties? Does everything have to, does everything in a farm and ranch sale qualify as, as like kind? Well, selling a farm or ranch, like selling any business, often involves many different types of assets. The transaction may include equipment, livestock, water rights, crops, inventory, and of course, real estate. Investors interested in selling a farm or ranch using a like-kind exchange under IRC 1031 should focus on the particular property being sold and purchased in order to maximize various tax tools including the amount of capital gain that they will be able to defer. Gotcha. The, the first step for a seller thinking of exchanging his or her farm is to itemize the various assets and determine which of those assets are exchangeable under 1031. Uh, starting with goodwill and inventory, those items are not exchangeable under 1031. Additionally, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 
eliminated the ability to exchange personal property assets under 1031, such as equipment, livestock, etc. However, the legislation did create a tool allowing for the immediate expensing of certain types of newly acquired business assets. Farm sellers should talk with their tax advisor about the immediate expensing rules and see if any new equipment acquisitions can benefit from this tool. Now, the, the largest asset of many farm and ranch sales is the actual real estate. And real estate used in a trade or business or held for investment can be exchanged for like-kind real estate under IRC 1031. Uh, now, focusing on the real estate and buildings, the real estate assets of the farm include the land and any improvements attached to the land, such as a house or a barn. If the house on the farm is occupied by a tenant, a worker or caretaker on the property, it is considered investment property or property used in a trade or business and is exchangeable under 1031. On the other hand, if the owner lives in the house, the house is considered the owner's personal residence and would not be exchangeable. Right. Now, there are various tax strategies involving selling property that is both a personal residence and investment property. If a uh, property is held partially for personal use and partially for investment, such as a working ranch with a house on it in which the owner lives, uh, a portion of the gain from the sale of the personal residence is exempt from uh, tax under IRC 121 and the remaining tax can be deferred under 1031. Uh, Revenue Procedure 2005-14 clarifies how Section 121 and 1031 can be used at the same time in connection with the disposition of the same property. Now, shifting gears to crops. <laughs> uh, harvested crops are considered inventory and are not exchangeable under 1031. Now, it is possible to exchange unharvested crops when they are sold with the land at the same time and to the same person, provided that the land was held by the owner for investment purposes for more than one year. In addition, in order to trade the unharvested crops for real estate, the unharvested crops must be considered to be real estate under state law. Now, the final topic uh, with selling a farm and ranch, uh, water rights and mineral rights could be a part of that farm and ranch sale. Now, the IRS has held that perpetual water rights are like kind to a fee interest in real estate. The rights must not be limited in amount or duration. Additionally, shares in a mutual ditch, reservoir, or irrigation company can be exchanged if, at the time of the exchange, certain requirements are met, including the co uh, company is an organization described in IRC 501C, Section 12, Subsection A, Subsection 2. Uh, I know that's a lot, but uh, 
the shares in such company have been recognized as constituting an interest in real property. Certain types of mineral rights that are considered real estate may also be exchanged. Uh, Owners need to examine the nature and duration of the rights granted and whether they are considered to be real estate for tax purposes. Man, man, that is just a, a lot to digest. And it is. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. We're, I, I'll go back and listen to this again and again and again. Just you know, because you're going to pick up on on something each time you listen. Um, and we'll uh, what we'll do here, Paul. I know, I know you're kind of stretched for time, but I definitely appreciate it and appreciate the First American Exchange Company for for coming on and giving us this wisdom today. Um, what's a good way to reach out to to you or to, to maybe one of your uh, like-minded professionals across the country? Sure. Well, whenever a seller is considering selling investment property, it's a good idea to start thinking about a potential 1031 exchange early on and discussing it with their CPA or tax advisor is always step one. So whenever they go into contract to sell, they should contact a qualified intermediary as soon as possible so that the qualified intermediary can set up their exchange paperwork and go over the rules uh, with them. Now, I'm happy to provide my information with First American Exchange Company that you can pass on to your listeners if they need a qualified intermediary contact to discuss a potential exchange or to set up an exchange for them. Yeah. Well, let's, let's have that. All right. What is your, uh, what's your email, email or website? What's the best way to get a, get a hold of somebody? Okay, so uh, my uh, direct dial phone number, if they would like to call me, is 720-297-9983. My email address is pholloway, P for Paul. Holloway is H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y at firstam, F-I-R-S-T-A-M, Com. And if uh, the, any of the clients would like to visit our website, uh, the website for First American Exchange is uh, First Exchange, first spelled out F I R S T, exchange, E X C H A N G E dot com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've, we know that we've. We've used you a, a whole a whole bunch of times here, and I've usually people don't call back. You know, usually when I refer someone, it they don't call back. It, it's just not a thing that that happens. But when I send people to you, Paul, people call me back and say, "Wow, that guy is amazing. He's on top of it. Answered all of my questions and handled everything." So I I got to give you kudos there. I I really appreciate that, and I. I know you do a good job for for everyone. Well, always glad to hear positive feedback like that, JC, and always looking to work with the Hayden Outdoors team, a quality group. Yeah, I appreciate it, and we'll uh, 
we'll catch you again some other time. Hopefully we can we can talk some more about 1031 exchanges. This was excellent. I'd really appreciate your time and First American Exchange Company for making it happen. Glad to assist and always happy to help out your clients. Awesome. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye.